Merry Christmas! Awesome. Merry Christmas. Well, it's fun to be back here. Um, I was interning. My husband and I were both interns at Lutheran Church of Hope in West Des Moines like four years ago, somewhat around there. So we were a part of, or were around, when Hope Des Moines launched. So it's really cool to see how God is moving in the midst of you all and how God is doing wonderful things uh, through Hope Des Moines. So I'm grateful to be here, and it's great to, to celebrate Christmas with you all. Well, Merry Christmas. It is Christmas Day, whether you're ready for it or not. I don't know what it is about Christmas. It always falls on the same day of the year. It's always the 25th of December, and it always seems to sneak up on me. I don't know if you have that same feeling or not. You know, it comes to be Thanksgiving, and I think, oh, there's plenty of time. We got about a month, and then it's December, and then it's a little further in December, and then it's Christmas. And this year, uh, I thought, oh, I'm gonna, I am going to get my Christmas card ready for this year. I'm gonna, we're going to write our, our family letter and get it out to people on time. Last year, it was a Valentine's letter. This year, I thought, well, we'll get it done. So started in on it and got it done, and then my computer crashed. So, oh, well, it was God's sign that, you know, Christmas is here, but no worries, no stress. Uh, God still shows up in our midst. So Christmas can have a different effect on all of us, I think. There are lots of feelings and emotions that can come out when it becomes Christmas and the time before Christmas. Now, some of us have that feeling about Christmas that it is the most, how's that song go? The most wonderful time of the year, right? Some of us experience Christmas that way. Those people I envy. I don't always experience it that way. To others, it may be added stresses, added chaos, maybe. Maybe a little more um, pressure at work, maybe some more burdens or things to plan. Others, to others of us, it may be a lonely time. It may be a reminder of the things that we're, we're missing. Maybe that's a person in our life. Maybe that's um, stuff we've lost things that we're grieving in our life. And to others, wow, it can just be a time where we experience a number of unmet expectations. Seems like Christmas is that time of year when society and culture around us place all these expectations about what Christmas should be and what it should look like, right? What it should be. And sometimes Christmas doesn't add up to what we think it should be, whether that's us that place places expectations on ourselves and our families, or that's the culture around us. Sometimes it can be just a string of unmet expectations. But whatever Christmas seems to bring up in you, I can't think of a better place to be Christmas morning than to be here, worshiping, to be worshiping and praising God through song, through the songs that we sang together, um, through song and worship and praise of the God who shows up who shows up in our midst and arrives as a child. So I am grateful um, that we're gathered here in, in this place. And as one of the songs um, I've been hearing uh, on the Christian station here in town, it says, it's such a strange way to save the world. 
through the baby Jesus, such a strange way. So I'm grateful that we're here and we are worshiping. Now, this Christmas morning, I don't know if some of you were here last night for worship. I know John and Tiffany and the others in the praise team were here. But you may have heard the Christmas story. And as someone told me uh, this week, it's an old story that never gets old. So you may have heard the Christmas story even just last night in the Gospel of Luke. But this morning, we heard the Gospel of Matthew. So Matthew's version of the Christmas story is just a little bit different, right? Matthew and Luke are different writers coming from different perspectives. They have a different lens for looking at the story of Jesus' birth. Different perspectives, but both stories tell us the truth of God's birth. Now, it's just as if you showed up at a movie or you are a witness to a certain event with a friend. And if somebody asks you, what did you guys see? What did you hear? What, did you, what, what stood out to you? Matthew and Luke have different perspectives, but they saw and they believed in the same truth. So Matthew's Christmas this story this morning focuses in on Joseph and Joseph's experience of Jesus' birth. So listen to how God reveals himself to Joseph this morning. So for Matthew's story, everything that happens in this Christmas story is wrapped up in a name. A name. Keep that with you. Wrapped up in a name. Think about the impact or the importance that a name can have in our lives. Take a minute and talk to your neighbors. If you don't have a neighbor, turn around. Mingle a little bit. Talk about your name. And if there's some background, where does your name come from? If you don't know, talk about another name, a famous name, a name that stands out to you. Ready? Go. Okay, did everybody get to say at least a few things about their name? Okay, I see some nodding heads. Names. Names can bring about a lot of things. Names can mean a lot of things or have different levels of importance. Think about it. Think about a famous name. A famous name. If I say Michael, what kind of famous names can you come up with? Jordan! There's lots of Michaels that are famous. My, my fiance is Daniel uh, David. Uh-huh. So he's out of the Bible. Okay. A biblical name. Yes. Very and good. His mom is, is a church member, and she, she named all her, her sons out of the Bible. Great. So they can have an, a special significance and importance in our lives, whether that's a famous name or an honored name, check out this wall up on the screen there. That wall is full of names, full of names of vets that were honored. They lost their lives. That's in Washington, D.C., um, and lists all of the names of folks that have lost their lives to keep us in a free country. So names can bring about a lot of things. Now, what else goes into a name? I'm sure by now you're sick of hearing a couple of names. Some names that you're going to keep hearing until November. You know, we're in the lucky state of Iowa. It's a privilege to have those primaries, but you're going to keep hearing some political candidates' names over and over until November, right? So how about naming our children, naming babies? 
a lot of times folks will name kids for some significance, a biblical name. Maybe it's just something that sounds good to them or that they enjoy that name. Or maybe it has to do with the character that that child has or will have. But think about the last name of a child. The last name of a child carries that family name. You're associated with your family because of that last name, right? Whether that's because of a, it carries a good connotation, a good reputation, or a bad, you still are stuck with that family name, right? So in the Hebrew world, in Jesus' time, those names were much more significant than they are to us in our world. Hebrew names were not just a label or a description. Hebrew names held more significance. Have you ever heard the saying, you are what you eat? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You are what you eat. Well, in the Hebrew world, you are what you are named. You are. Think about that. You are what you're named. So that name carried weight. It was what you were supposed to be. Gospel of Matthew starts right in with Jesus' name this morning. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. You're to give him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So already, just in the first part of the, of the birth story of Jesus, we're told that his name tells us it's significant. He's going to be the Messiah, the one who's been waited for from long ago for the whole Israelite history. He's the Messiah, the Savior, the one who brings us life, forgiveness. He is the one who saves. That's a lot of significance in one name. And Matthew launches right into that in our text this morning. So already, Jesus isn't just another kid. He's not just born. He's not just there as another child on earth, but he is the one who will save his people. He's the awaited Messiah, the one who's going to change the course of the world and change our lives as well. Now that's some pretty significant namage for one person to uphold. But remember, Matthew's story this morning... Matthew's story, Matthew's perspective, it focuses in on Joseph, on Joseph's perspective. So let's take a look at Joseph's name, at Joseph's story this morning. Think about Joseph and his name and his life. This morning, you heard, we know from the story that he's engaged to Mary, He is a faithful Jewish man. He's concerned about following the law. He's faithful. He wants to do right by Mary, right? In his situation, he didn't have a lot of choices. He could dismiss Mary, and he wouldn't be shamed. His name wouldn't be shamed. Or he could stick with Mary. And we're told that he was going to quietly dismiss her because if he stayed with Mary and she was known to be pregnant in that time... His name would be shamed because it would be believed that he was the father of that child before they were married. So we're told he wanted to do, to do the right thing. He wanted to do the right thing. He wants to have a good name before God, before others. He's trying to do his best 
until that angel appears and says, well, let me show you a different way of what it looks like to have a good name before God. Check out Joseph's family tree. There are a few nuts in there. I'm sure you all have a few nuts in your family tree as well. No matter what Joseph did or how well he followed the law, no matter how well he tried to be faithful, look at his name. If you flick back just one chapter in your Bible, if you've got your Bible with you, the chapter before, not the chapter before, sorry, the beginning of the chapter, we were at the very beginning, uh, the beginning of the chapter, so 18 verses before, the very beginning of Matthew, it starts listing a genealogy, one of those boring lists that we usually skim over because it's names and it's just boring and it's hard to understand the names. So look at this family lineage. Look at the names of the people in Joseph's family this morning. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So these are the family members of Jesus the Messiah through Joseph's line. Let me just read them to you and I'll stop when we hit something significant. Well, it's all significant, but I'll, I'll stop in a few places. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac of Jacob, Jacob of Judah, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Well, that's kind of weird to name Tamar. Number one, she's a woman, and in the Hebrew times, the family lines were carried through the men. So number one, it's a little odd that they name Tamar. Does anyone remember who Tamar is? Look, if we look back in our, in our Bibles, chapter 38 of Genesis, Tamar was a lying seductress. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> she sleeps with her dead husband's father. So her father-in-law, she lies and she deceives in order to sleep with him and carry on the family line. Interesting person to put in the family name listing of who you want to be associated with. Okay, so let's go a little further. After Tamar, we have... Perez, the father of Hezron, Hezron, the father of Ram, Ram, the father of Amminadab, Amminadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Rahab. Hmm. Another woman in the midst of the men carrying the family line. Rahab is named as a family member here. In the book of Joshua, we're told she's a prostitute who helps God's people enter the promised land. But yet, she's got an interesting title. She's a prostitute. She does not have a good name. Okay, this is interesting. Let's go a little further, just one more. Boaz is the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David, our beloved King David. We talk very highly about King David. But David was the father of Solomon, who built the temple, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Well, that's kind of odd. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. So David 
had a child with someone else's wife. Okay, well, I could go on, but I'll stop there. We're, this story has a lot of people named that don't have exactly the best titles, the best names, the best backgrounds. We're told Joseph was trying to do right by God, to have a good name before God, right? He's trying to be the righteous man that God is calling him to be. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, his name is pretty tainted. His family line is fraught with lots and lots of scandal, lots of shame. He's stuck with a name that associates him, a family name that associates him with some pretty tricky stories. So look at the crazy family picture that this creates. If you would go to the next slide. Here we see the beloved holy family, right? Jesus' very human family. We look at this picture and I think we, we create it to be a lovely and a beautiful and a holy thing, which it is, but we also do a little picture shopping to it, right? We try to make it a little bit cleaner than what it is. Think about it. Mary, she's unwed, unexpected pregnancy. She's probably a teenager. And then Joseph, we just heard about his family line, all the stuff that comes along with his name. And God says, you're going to be the adoptive father to Jesus. You're going to rear the son. But he's got some scandalous roots. He's got a bad reputation of a family. So we have a tendency to clean this picture up, to say, oh, it's just a fairy tale. It's, it's pretty. It's beautiful. But look at the actual story here. Look at the names that Joseph is associated with. God places Jesus in a messy family that's got messed up stories that would by no means deserve to have the Son of God born into it. Right? Jesus' family tree, well, it's got its very own issues. But I would say... So do ours, right? So do ours. No matter how hard we try, there's always a little bit of messiness when it comes to family. And especially during the holiday times, especially on a Christmas morning, we can be reminded of that. Christmas tends to bring out and amplify all the issues that can come with family. Everyone would love a beautiful family picture at the holidays, right? Picturesque. Look at this beautiful family. I have no idea who they are. <laughs> They're just a family celebrating, right? And we think family gatherings should be that. They should be the joyous celebration where everyone is harmonious and everyone is happy and everyone's getting along. But it doesn't always happen that way. Life, actual reality doesn't always happen that way. Have you ever read someone's Christmas card that detailed all their struggles through the year instead of all their happy points? No, who writes that stuff? <laughs> you want to remember the good stuff. And it's not saying the good stuff is, is not okay. Celebrate the highs. But we all have struggles too. We have hard parts 
in our families, in our lives. Like this family, we'd all like to have the happiness all the time, harmonious, everyone laughing. But that's not always the case. Think about your family. Think about it. What kind of baggage does your family carry? Now, if you think you don't have any, I'd like to talk afterwards, because I bet you got some. You probably are living on the big uh, river called Denial, if you think you don't have any issues. <laughs> uh, think about your family. Think about what kind of baggage you carry with your family name. What kind of titles show up over people? If you had a bubble, a title over everyone's heads that gathered together this Christmas, friends, family, what kind of titles would you have? They'd be some probably pretty, some, some pretty interesting ones, right? I'm sure that we have some doozies. We have some doozies within our own families. Let's name a few, just a few. It could be an alcoholic, materialistic, maybe too stuck on themselves to look at anybody else or care about anyone else. Maybe someone's a liar, codependent, cheat. There's a lot of stuff out there. Maybe it's not so significant. Or maybe you just brush it under the rug in hopes that it'll just go away. We have some pretty significant baggage problems ourselves. And some issues you can identify more than others, right? But this is the kind of family, ones with titles over their heads, ones with baggage that Jesus shows up in the midst of. God shows up right in the middle of a family that's not perfect. And for the Gospel of Matthew this morning, everything is wrapped up in the name. Everything is wrapped up in that name. Joseph is told Jesus is Emmanuel. We sing that song, right? Emmanuel. What does that mean? God is with us. God is with us. So Jesus shows up in our midst with the name Emmanuel, God with us. And this changes everything. We celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christmas because Emmanuel does change everything. God shows up. There is no way to change the family you're born into or adopted into. The titles that come with that, the baggage that comes with that, the long list of names that come with it. But Jesus, Emmanuel, shows up with us and invites us into his family. He invites us into his family. We may have a long list of descendants, like Matthew says, in the genealogy, listing all of our descendants. I don't know about you, but I probably couldn't list that many generations. But we have them, right? A long line of lists of names. But Jesus says, No, I show up in your midst as God with you to change that. I'm going to show you a new family. Your family is defined by one name. Stick that name tag on there. Everything is in the name that he brings you. Child of God. In our baptism, we, we're adopted into God's family. 
called Child of God Claimed as His Own. This Christmas, God says, quit looking back on all the things that are associated with your name. The list of people. God defines you as His family member so that we can look forward into the future with Him. God with us so that we can walk one step at a time into the life that he calls us into and he claims. Now Jesus spends the rest, or excuse me, Matthew spends the rest of his book describing the life that Jesus lived in order to make this possible. He goes on to the, his death and the grave, his resurrection, So Jesus died for you to make it possible that you could be in his family, that you could walk forward into this family, into this family, this family of God. So this Christmas, be reminded, you are a child of God. Your name is child of God. God has shown up as Emmanuel, God with us, to claim you as his own to create a ragtag family who's going forward in faith, walking with him. And I'm excited to see the things that God has in store for this particular family of God. As you go into the new year, as you explore the ways that you can walk together in faith and looking into the future and what God has in store for impacting Des Moines, Through this family of God, God has claimed you as his own. And this Christmas, be reminded, your name is defined by his. Emmanuel, God with us. Amen.